Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. My watch is telling me that it's midweek. That must mean Merrick is back joining us after he was with us yesterday. But there's the entire trio here is Joshua House is joining us. Gentlemen, happy Wednesday, Jake. Happy Wednesday, Josh. And uh, happy Wednesday slash Thursday to our listeners out there. Let's talk some Dolphins football, shall we? Yeah, happy to be here with you guys. Glad I can come on this time and talk Dolphins football and uh, see both of your handsome faces. So let's do this thing. I thought for sure Josh was going to say no and just stop. No, stop talking right there. I don't want to sh- talk Dolphins. I should have said no, I'm out. Josh, Josh it was your, your wedding anniversary yesterday, correct? Yeah, eight years. Okay, congratulations first. But second, I need to know what a, what a, a former top-level chef – does on a wedding anniversary do you cook dinner or do you go out to dinner i'm going to be cooking dinner today i have she likes filet she loves that stuff new and still medium rare rare almost and then bacon wrapped scallops she's all about bacon wrapped scallops so i got those i'm going to cook after this but um i was gonna do it yesterday and then i said um maybe we should just order pho and i don't know if you guys ever had pho vietnamese yes sir so delicious but it makes uh the faux poops on the next day are never good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I eat though for uh for the anniversary. Thanks for asking. Little little surf and turf tonight. And it, it the I'm very proud that the chef decided to order someone who will eat their steaks like the rest of us. That is a, always a very positive <laughs> sign here. That's how you know you found the right one. Josh, talking about the wife, talk about anniversary. You have a big smile on your face, and you know we were just joking that you didn't want to talk Dolphins football. Let's talk about something you don't want to talk about, and that's the fact that Devon A. Chan has officially been placed on injured reserve. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was hoping to come on here and talk with you guys and try to ease our listeners pain right because um it sucks because he was you know doing everything he was uh you know setting the world on fire breaking every record but let's be honest it's um you know they got jeff wilson salvanock meds coming back where he mostert looks like a, a beast um so i don't know that's a huge hit to this running back room but it does suck to see you know a guy that looked that dynamic that explosive um you know have his season you know cut four games short at least, right? It does sound like he'll be back in time for that Raiders game, but uh, you never want to see these guys go on IR. Merrick, I want to ask you, do you see, you know, Devon Achen, I think the best way to describe his performance is he's an easy button, right? You got the Staples easy button. You just kind of press it, boom, 70-yard touchdown. That was easy. Um, as this Miami Dolphins offense tries to overcome a scenario like that where you're losing someone who's averaging 12 yards per carry, which I don't know how you um, – make up for that but do you see this offense still you know thriving on big plays or is it going to be just the reliability and the consistency of this receiving group of this running back group that really just kind of sustains the offense for the next few weeks yeah I think this team wins in a bunch of different ways so I think they do have the ability to hit those home runs those 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 long touchdown passes, those long touchdown runs, you know, Raheem Mostert is having a career year as well in that running back room. So he should help ease the loss of Devon A. Chan uh, and Jeff Wilson's coming back. Like, like Josh alluded to uh, a name you didn't mention, Josh is actually the number three graded uh, ball carrier in the NFL this season, according to PFF. And that's Chris Brooks, uh, Josh, or excuse me, Jake dropped that on me yesterday when we were talking about this A-chan injury. And uh, yeah, apparently Chris Brooks, the number three graded ball carrier uh, in the league this season, according to PFF. So he, he might get an extended look uh, this week, especially if the game gets out of hand. You know, the the team, the Dolphins are not allowed to take the Carolina Panthers lightly, but but we can because we don't play for that team and they don't give a shit what we have to say. So <laughs> sorry, you're going to have to hit that bleep button there. But, uh, but, but yeah, this, this team can win in multiple different ways. They can be methodical. They can march down the field. They can dink and dunk, dunk and get that, that yak uh, that they maybe hadn't gotten in years past. But now uh, I think Tua is number three in the league as far as uh, yak is concerned. Like he gets the third most amount of uh, yards after catch. Uh, from his pass catchers, but he's also like number two or three in the league in, in air yards per attempt as well. So <laughs> that just, that just proves my point. The dolphins can beat you in any, which way they choose either the big play or, or methodically marching down the field. Uh, and that's great. That, that, that is, that has the makings for a, a top level offense, which the dolphins have been so far this season. Josh, if the Dolphins hope to sustain themselves, which offensive playmaker steps up? Is it another running back? I'm not saying obviously more running backs are going to be involved, but who do you think does that heavy lifting in terms of, hey, I'm going to get 200 yards on a given day? Probably not that much, though. Yeah, I was going to first joke Chase Claypool, right? I know I've gotten yeah. some stuff for him. Um, I mean, we got to get Waddle more involved. I mean, is that uh, is that that's obviously a cliche answer. Ten, ten I mean, targets against ten the targets, Giants. Two two were picks. We got to throw that out there. Two of them were picked. Um, but yeah, you just want to see the same, you know, more Jalen Waddle, right? You want to see him getting those yak yards out. You know, like Merrick mentioned that they're actually getting this season. So um, I'd go with that joke, Chase Claypool. I think Salvin Ahmed, I even wrote up the article earlier about him going on injured reserve A-chan, and I kind of completely forgot Salvin Ahmed was there. And, I mean, let's be honest, he was above A-chan early on on the depth chart and with playing time and things like that. So, um, yeah, I'll say Waddle, but it's probably going to be Salvin Ahmed as well taking on some of that workload. Wasn't the issue with Waddle on Sunday, you know, and – Big picture here. I, I posted the idea of, um, you know, 
Waddle had 10 targets. He had five receptions. And then what Tyree kill only missed one of his targets. And I think Tua completed all of his other passes. And the reason I wanted to bring that up wasn't necessarily because, you know, the dolphins are struggling to get Waddle involved. It just seems like, and I think the dolphins are going to get better at this. Tua is like all of us when we play Madden. They just want to throw it to Waddle. Right. And I think that's kind of the issue the dolphins fell into on Sunday. I think, um, even Tua might have heard some of the rumblings of, hey, Waddle doesn't have his first touchdown. Let's try to get him involved. We know the connection those two have. So I wouldn't read too much into those five um, missed targets, including the two interceptions. It just did kind of seem like Tua went out there and he had that matted mindset of, let's get my boy some stats here. Yeah, and on one of those interceptions, is that it actually shouldn't have happened because the play before the interception was actually – what appeared obvious to all of us, a defensive pass interference on the Giants defender on Waddle in the end zone. So it either should have been a touchdown on that play or at worst, first and goal from the one yard line. And then they probably would have just ran it in with either A-Chan or Mostert. So there were two interceptions, but there's a little asterisk on that on that uh, that first one there. Spin zone. The main reason, gentlemen, we have gotten together today is we're – you don't magically become four and one. Well, I guess you do if you have Mike McDaniel calling the shots, but I thought it'd be a good idea to go through a few of the players who have exceeded expectations so far. Some guys who have went back up for seconds. I've done enough. I want to go back and do more for this team. We each have one player to bring to the table. I think it's two offensive, one defensive, but shows how much I've done to prepare for this. Guys, I want to start because originally I was going to cut this player. Austin Jackson's been a damn good right tackle so far. There, I said it. I don't want to be that guy, but I told you guys all offseason, this is someone who's 25 years old. Actually, he doesn't turn 25 until May. Obviously, being a first, a former first-round pick, you're under the microscope right away. I think Austin Jackson was the fifth tackle taken in that 2020 draft class, and everyone was very concerned. And, I mean, they had a, a right to be. I mean, he allowed two sacks and had 12 penalties in 2021. This was someone who it seemed like he was horrified, horrified to be out there and have to uh, protect a quarterback against a defensive line. Sunday against the Giants was arguably his best game of the career of his career. He's allowed just one sack this season. He had four pressures against Buffalo. He has just one since. So guys, I just wanted to spend some time here and give Austin Jackson some flowers because for how much we talk about, uh, you know, is Teron Armstead going to be there? You know, Connor Williams, is he holding out for uh, more money? That type of thing. Austin Jackson just came in from day one, just did his job and we're seeing it pay off. Someone who just kind of bought into the system year after year. Yeah. And you were, we will give you your flowers, Jake. We will, <laughs> because you were the guy all off season telling us to calm down on this act, Austin Jackson stuff. Josh and I were ready to get rid of him. At, you know, for anything at that, at that point, you know, a half eaten hot dog probably would have gotten the deal done. That might've been uh, brought up. If we were in charge, but Austin Jackson has looked like a completely different player. You got to give a lot of credit to him and the work he put in this offseason. But I'd also like to give a lot of credit to Butch Berry because whatever Butch Berry is doing with this offensive line, it's working. It's it's working. This is essentially the same off offensive line from last year with Isaiah Wynn added in, but they are significantly better. And that's with Teron Armstead in and out of the lineup and Kendall Lamb having to you know, replace him there. But Austin Jackson has been a mainstay on that on that right side, on that right tackle spot, and he has looked great. And I believe, like you said, one sack on the season. I think that was given up to Matthew Judon, who is a stellar pass rusher for the New England Patriots. He's got a biceps injury and looks like he's done for the year. So next time the Dolphins play the Patriots, you won't even see a Matthew Judon on the field. Um, so Austin Jackson looking like a, a completely different player, a reformed player, a better player, 
a better player, um, really just killing it in that run game. You know, we talked about him not giving up sacks, but he's really just a mauler in that run game as well. You see him every week, just, you know, when when Josh posts his, his cut-ups of either HN or Mostert, you see Austin Jackson out there, you know, hitting, hitting linebackers seven, eight yards downfield and completely erasing them from the play, allowing these running backs to pop these big, these big gains, these chunk gains. And uh, we run into that problem of what to do with them after this year. Do you re-sign them? Can you get them on a, on a decent deal? Do you, do you franchise tag them at this point? You know, there's, there's a lot of different options uh, and we'll see what they do once the season is over. But as far as this season goes, he absolutely has been killing it at that right tackle spot. Yeah, we were never going to let you cut this out of here, Jake, especially after we're talking about the running game and just how awesome this team has been this year. I mean, that's part of the reason, right? How good that offensive line has played. I mean, you could talk about Isaiah Wynn, Kendall Lamb. You could talk, add those guys to this list if we wanted to. But Austin Jackson, I am sorry. I told you this, I think, after week one that I was sorry after you uh, you know, held uh, Mac and Bosa in check. I'm sorry that I ever doubted you and you're playing your ass off. Like Merrick said, in any of those clips you see, I know George actually spotlighted the offensive line play and you just see him getting out in front of everything. You can see his athleticism, why, you know, scouts obviously liked him pre-draft. So um, it's nice that it's all coming together. And I have wrote down Butch Berry before Merrick even said it, cause you have to give him his flowers. Cause um, I don't know what was wrong with the offensive line coaching. You know what, in that room, we're not in that room. We're not a fly on the wall. I don't know what changed, but clearly something has changed because all those guys are playing their ass off. They're keeping to a clean, and it's led to those big gains. It's led to all the success we're having. So, Austin Jackson, again, I'm sorry. I we got a predicament now with you trying to figure out how much to pay him at the end of the year. Keep him around. You got to do the same thing with Win, probably uh, Connor Williams as well, Robert Hunt. So that entire offensive line is going to need to get paid one way or the other. So hopefully. Um, I never thought I'd say this, but hopefully Austin Jackson's on the Dolphins next year. And to, uh, you, you mentioned George, George right to the Finn side, go check out his work. He does a lot of great film cutups for them over there. Um, Jackson has just one penalty on the season of offensive linemen who have been on the field for at least 50% of snaps. He's ranked 31st among all offensive linemen. Josh, I got super queasy when you said franchise tag that that was super horrifying because, Oh my God, if they give Austin Jackson the, the franchise tag after, um, not picking up the fifth-year option. That, that's one of the weirder weirder decisions you'll see this team ever make. Guys, I'm curious. You know, you bring up Butch Berry, and I think something that's very important for this offensive line, how important do you feel it is that there – I want to say there isn't a weakest link. There just isn't a god-awful link. There isn't, like, a link that's rotting away the all the other links in this chain. So how important do you guys feel it is to just have five offensive linemen who, again, they don't have to be great, but five guys you can trust and how that helps the offensive line in general sustain success and make everyone look a little better? Well, no weak link unless you get Liam Eikenberg out there, and I think then we can all agree, and, and the rest of the fans out there can agree, he's definitely the weak link. And I'm sorry if Nancy Pomposi is listening to the podcast today. Uh, for that Liam Eikenberg slander, but but yeah, this this unit works well together. Um, they've played, you know, with with the caveat, there's been a little bit of shakeup here and there with Kendall Lamb coming in and then Liam for a few snaps here and there as well. But they've played together all season. They've certainly formed that uh, that tight knit group. Butch Berry as their their fearless leader, you know, getting in their faces and screaming at them. That that seems to be working really well. He's he's a loud and vocal coach, according to to most uh, practice reports this off season, but sometimes you need that as a unit. Sometimes you just need that type of coaching and, and you can't always be everybody's best friend. So maybe he's the bad cop to Mike McDaniel's good cop in this scenario. I, I, that'd actually be kind of fun. Don't you think we can get a little, little off season content, a little it. Miami Dolphins YouTube show 
uh, good cop, bad cop, Mike McDaniel, Butch Berry. I'm, well, I'm going to start writing the script. I'll pitch it. I'll pitch Fan- it to somebody out there. Fangio's <laughs> got to be in it too, though, right? He's he always seemed like oh, he's a yeah, bad sure. cop, but he's just up no, he's the, the mob boss. Okay, he's, yeah, he's the mob he's boss. The, <laughs> um, I was just going to say it means everything, Jake. The fact that you know they're playing so well together, they've you know most of these guys have come. I mean, Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt have been next to each other what since. Uh, this thing started right so um to see the way it's all coming together you know they have to feel good about it um i just fear that i'm saying all this saying that uh austin jackson 2024 and we're what five weeks into the season i maybe i should have waited for that i don't know i will do this again week 10 oh yeah (laughs) would you guys agree that you think austin jackson's the biggest surprise on this offensive line i mean we can seriously go right down the list and give basically anyone uh flowers if Teron Armstead, if he's you know not melting out there on the field and you can actually keep him upright, he's been absolutely awesome. Kendall Lynn, you can't say enough about him on how he's protected that left side of the offensive line. Isaiah Wynn, it looks like he was was born with the aqua and orange tint because he just fits in so well on this offensive line. Connor Williams looks like the parent of the entire operation. Just super annoyed that he wasn't out there as the offensive line struggled. And then, you know, I don't think we even talk about Robert Hunt enough just because since day one, he's just been such that uh calming presence on the offensive line where at least if you knew there was one guy who not only would have the uh, dopest style of outfits going to the stadium, but also the, the best performer on that offensive line game in and game out, man, it's, it's been him without a doubt. Yeah. It's, it's just a completely revamped group and just a, a completely, uh, a, a completely big surprise. And that's the theme of the show surprises, surprises for the year. And if you would have told us at the beginning of the year that the Dolphins would have one of the top offensive lines in the NFL, I I think we all would have called you a liar, but it just so happens to be the truth and a surprise at that. Josh, what's surprising you these days? Okay. So this was a surprise. I mean, I knew we all kind of thought highly of Deshaun Elliott, but I don't think that I realized how good he was. I mean, he's 26 years old. They signed him for a one-year deal worth 1.77 million. Um, So, you know, we're, we're going to talk about this, you know, for the entire season, the entire offseason, all these different pieces they got to sign. But, I mean, coming into the year, I thought David Long was going to be the big difference maker on that defense, and it has absolutely been Deshaun Elliott. I mean, we saw how bad that defense looked against the um, Bills when he was out of the lineup. They asked Brandon Jones to do some of the things that he was doing, um, and he just could not do it because – I don't know about you, but I always thought Brandon Jones was better box safety, more of a strong safety type mm-hmm. that really can't cover that well. That's kind of complete opposite of what Deshaun Elliott does. He can cover well. He can drop down the box and do those things. But um, they have him playing back more and have Holland coming down in the box and doing those things. So, um, again, I could not believe how much different this defense looked without him, how much better it looked last week. You saw him come down, uh, make some stops in the run game, do just all over the field, and he allows that versatility. They allow Javon Holland to come down the box and do some of those things, which has him rated as the number one safety by pro football focus um i was looking it up and um deshaun elliott's 18th out of 86 safety so he's playing his best football um 76.8 defense grade 78.8 run grade and a 73.9 tackle grade um i have down that him and javon holland are peanut butter and jelly and yeah man i'm just surprised at how good he is i I mean i knew he was a decent player what's that who's peanut butter who's jelly let me hear this was it crunchy peanut butter or is it smooth Well, which is better? Which do you prefer? The peanut butter is better, right? Well, I'm a, I'm a jelly the guy. Pe- the the peanut butter is more of a stabilizing presence, where the jelly well, is has like to the be Holland. Then it has to be Holland. Then okay. I think I think I think Holland's the peanut butter. I agree. Okay, yeah, he, he's the peanut butter. But again, I just um, you know, we we knew he's a solid player. I just didn't think he was going to supplant Brandon Jones and just you know, again, look like a difference maker out there. So I wanted to give Deshaun Elliott his flowers. 
Um, that's my little rant. Well, and another thing to consider with the Sean Elliott, he missed a game this year and that game happened to be against the Buffalo Bills. And you saw that defense just fall to pieces when he wasn't out there. And it wasn't just that they got lit up through the air, which definitely did happen, but the communication was an issue and, and guys weren't in the right spots. And, and, and there was a lot of blown coverages and, and, and misalignments and things like that. And it felt like that could be directly attributed to Deshaun Elliott not being on the field. So yeah, he he's a, a big contributor in that defense as far as what, what he does, you know, during the plays and the plays that he makes, but he's also, at least it seems that he is kind of the glue that holds it all together, at least on that back end, you know, um, when he missed, when he missed that game against the bills, there's, too much confusion in the secondary is basically what I'm getting at. And hopefully fingers crossed, he stays healthy through the rest of the season. And we don't have to deal with that again. Cause that was a mess. I'm surprised neither of you went the route of, you know, we all thought it'd be a Texas safety, but no one thought it'd be Elliot type of thing because he actually was also a member of the Texas Longhorns, just like Brandon Jones was guys. Serious question here. Would you rather allow a one yard reception? That was a touchdown or a 38 yard reception. That's not a touchdown. Yeah, you did get that. I did say that touchdown was for one yard. I, probably the one yard. I don't know. We won. We won the game, right? So the one yard touchdown really didn't matter. All I ask is because Deshaun Elliott has been targeted seven times in tar, uh, coverage this year. He's only allowed two receptions, a thirty-eight yard completion in week three, and then yeah, the one yard touchdown in week one. So I think that's a big surprise in it too. We kind of thought Javon Holland would be that uh, coverage guy, the guy all over the place. But I mean, Deshaun Elliott is is stepped right in, and he's taken leadership of that secondary, and it's been such an impressive feat to watch. You know, you look at his missed tackles; he only has three on the season compared to nineteen tackles. Um, a solid coverage grade, especially week three against Denver. But I mean. We could have looked pretty solid against Denver. Uh, guys, one of my favorite things to do during the offseason is really try to identify paths for people to, you know, earn playing time and, and get in, get on the right side here. How does Brandon Jones do that, considering that Deshaun Elliott? I mean, Merrick, you mentioned it, how different the defense looks with him on and off the field. I mean, that's not something you can ignore. Yeah, Brandon Jones, I just never felt like he was a big fit for the Fangio-style defense. Um, also, he's just hasn't been healthy. He's trying to come back from that ACL. It takes you a little bit of time to, to, to get there, but I think he has to be used more in that blitzing role, that thumper role. He's got to be down in the box. He's got to, he's got to play closer to the line of scrimmage because his coverage just has never really been a strong suit for him. Uh, and certainly was not a strong suit uh, this season when he saw more playing time, against the Buffalo Bills when Deshaun Elliott was out. So I think if you're going to most effectively use somebody like Brandon Jones, you got to get him closer to the line of scrimmage. And then at that point, you're, you know, then you might be showing the offense what you're doing, right? Brandon Jones mm -hmm. hasn't been out there at all. Now he's in the game. Oh, this dude's coming off the edge. So um, I don't know. I, I would like to see Vic Fangio figure it out. I mean, kind of the th same thing we said about uh, Mike Gesicki last year. You know, Mike McDaniel's an offensive mastermind. Figure out a way to use him. And um, I'm not sure that necessarily happens. But Brandon Jones coming back from that severe injury, obviously, again, being outplayed by Deshaun Elliott, who just looks better in that situation. I mean, he's only been in the box 38 times. He's been back at free safety 208 and then 24 in the slot. And uh, Holland's numbers are way up in the box. So, I mean, who would you rather have up there in the box at this point? Brandon Jones or Javon Holland? I mean, Javon Holland's, you know, the clear cut guy there. But you do want to find a way. We kept hearing about three safeties, this, that, and the other thing. Find a way to utilize Brandon Jones' skill set. But um, like we've all said, that Buffalo Bills game, you could definitely see that Elliott wasn't in the game. And I think that's when I finally realized, hell of a signing. We need to find a way to re-sign this dude.
eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. quick now that i am unmuted i will go ahead and say that brandon jones allowed two or sacrificed two missed tackles against the buffalo bills he missed another tackle against the denver broncos he does have a decent coverage grade of uh, about a 65 according to pro football focus but overall defensive grade is 60 his tackling grade is a 28 which if you have a, a any type of stat anything that resembles a liam eichenberg stat you know you're in trouble here guys something that i brought up and this might sound a little crazy but um there was a guy, it was when the Falcons, they had their Super Bowl run. And then I think, I, I forgot, but they, they were using uh, uh, safeties as linebackers. There, there was one line or safety they brought all the way up to play linebacker. And he was a smaller dude, but he fit in just because the way offenses are playing, spreading out the field. I cannot think of the guy's name to save my life. So I hope you guys can help me here. But um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Can you find a way for Brandon Jones maybe to impact the team at, at linebacker? Another situation where the Dolphins are struggling a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely room for him to do that once he gets fully healthy. And, you know, maybe it's just one of those things where Fangio is still kind of seeing where these guys fit best. He admitted himself, Fangio did, that he did not watch tape on these guys, which I don't know if I believe that because that seems irresponsible, <laughs> like if you're asking me. But, uh, you know, if that's true and he didn't watch tape on these guys, then he can only go by what he's seeing in practice, what he saw in training camp and what he's seen in these games so far. And maybe it just took, you know, five regular season games or, or four regular season games going back to the, that Bills game for him to realize, hey, maybe Brandon Jones is best in the box and maybe I should move him closer to the line of scrimmage. So we'll, we'll see what happens on that front as the season progresses. But thankfully, you have a guy like Deshaun Elliott on this team who's picking up you know, Jones is slack and, and he's really excelling in his role. I was thinking of um, Deion Jones was the player I was yes. thinking of. They're there both, 
They're both 6'1", but the difference is Deion Jones weighs about 30 more pounds than Brandon Jones. So that'd be kind of, uh, I don't know if it'd work out just as well having him kind of come in the box, especially I I look back to what Cater Kohu kind of struggled with last year when they used him in the slot. He'd get washed out sometimes in the run game. And that's kind of the issue, Josh. You brought it up perfectly. You wonder if you try to do anything, you know, play to these guys' strengths. Well, Brandon Jones is on the field. He's going to be running straight at your face. Otherwise, I mean, what else is he doing out there? So we're hoping praying that Vic Vangio is still figuring out a few things because I've always been a huge Brandon Jones fan. I'd love for him to come in, even if he's not that full-time playmaker. I think even when Jalen Phillips comes back, why can't, you know, Brandon Jones be like Andrew Van Ginkle was last year, right? You, you, He's not always on the field, but your eyes instantly go to him when he's on the field because you know there's going to be some sort of havoc. That's that's my positive spin and hope for Brandon Jones. But yeah, I really like the Deshaun Elliott pick when we were talking all throughout the offseason about free agent signings. I mean, we got to do a better job at just saying, hey, we know nothing. Let's let's talk about these guys who uh, might end up being something. Merrick, speaking of knowing nothing, what has been surprising you? Also, speaking of Andrew Van Ginkle, you kind of foreshadowed my guy there, but but it's AVG, baby. And, and that's not to say I'm surprised he's performing well, because I've always been a big fan of Andrew Van Ginkle. And I've always felt that when he's on the field, uh, like, you, like you mentioned, Jake, he's somebody that gets the job done, whatever you're asking him to do. But the reason why his performance has been surprising this season so far is because he almost was not a member of the Miami Dolphins this season. You know, they kind of went down to the, to the, you know, the clock was about to hit midnight and he was about to sign with the new England Patriots. He, he took that visit to new England and we all thought, Oh, that's a classic bill Belichick move. He's going to take a guy who might've been underutilized in Miami and he's going to feature him in his defense and he's going to explode and have a career year and probably destroy us the couple times we face him. And then Vic Fangio uh, you know, got his his probably a rotary telephone, if I'm guessing, you know, with what Vic Fangio uses. He probably, you know, spins the the dial on that. And he he called AVG up and he said, hey, you know, I uh, I think you would be a good fit in the defense that I'm trying to run here. And, and we'd like to bring you back. So the reports are that AVG took a smaller deal to return to Miami, uh, you know, the team that drafted him in 2019, I believe. And uh and we're happy that he did so because he, I'm just going to say, it, he's been the Dolphins' best pass rusher this season so far. He actually leads the team with four sacks, you know, with the caveat that Jalen Phillips has been down for a couple games and ABG has been filling in there, but he's been doing it really, 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 really well. This is actually the highest graded season of his career so far on PFF. He has an 89.9 overall grade. That comes with an 86.2 pass rush grade. Here's the real kicker. It also comes with a 91 pass coverage grade. That's insanity. He's been targeted three times. He's given up two receptions, but only for one yard, one single solitary yard. Did you see the stat right after that? So Andrew Van Ginkle has given up two receptions on three targets for a total of a yard. He has given up 11 yards of yak. Somehow. <laughs> yes, these passes have started 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage in, in total. I think that's the funniest thing ever because there was one reception for one yard uh, last week against the Giants that included seven yards of yak. I think that is just so funny. <laughs> it kind of goes to show how silly some of these stats can get. But, dude, I, I love the point you brought up about him in coverage because I think that's a game changer. And, Josh, I mean, that's the difference between someone like AVG and Brandon Jones. All of a sudden, Van Ginkle can go out there and, and at least slow down someone in coverage. He ain't no Revis Island, but, I mean, 
can get the job done. Yeah, and I, I think he's even better than, I mean, if we're being honest, Jerome Baker in coverage, right? I mean, I think Andrew Van Ginkle's just, um, you know, I feel like he's determined coming back to Miami, wants to prove to everyone why, you know, he he needs to be re-signed, right? He is, like you mentioned, the best pass rusher on this defense right now with Jalen Phillips out, um, Bradley Chubb's out there, you know what we invested in him, and, um, you know, it's kind of sad to say, but at the end of the day, Andrew Van Ginkle gives it his all out there. And I think that's what a lot of it has to do with. I've written down that he's a menace that plays with his hair on fire because you can just see Andrew Van Ginkle just flying all over the field, making tackles, getting in the backfield. You see him using a bunch of different tools, you know, whether it's a spin move now that we're seeing from him, looking like Cam Wake. He's using those Mr. Muyagi hands to get get flash past the offensive lineman. I mean, he has really stepped his game up. And you got to credit Vic Fangio, like you mentioned, uh, Merrick, because he called him up and said, I want you in this defense. And they found a role for him. So um, it sucks that it had to come at Jalen Phillips' expense at first, but you're not taking Andrew Van Ginkle off the field at this point, right? I mean, he looks too damn good. And at that point, um, that's a good problem to have, I guess. But yeah, Andrew Van Ginkle, man, good good and, one. And pass rusher, those guys are, you know, one of the position groups on a team where the more the merrier, right? You can never have enough quality pass rushers, especially with the amount of rotation that happens in these games, especially home games in Miami where the temperature's uh, real high and the and the humidity is also high and it you know, turns into a swamp down there. So having him in the rotation, even when Jalen Phillips gets back and to see that he's playing at such a high level, uh, it's just invaluable. So he actually has 15 solo tackles, which is tied for fourth among all linebackers in the NFL this season. Um, and his four sacks tied for 14th. Uh, out of all linebackers in the NFL this season. So not just a great player on the Dolphins, just a great player in general. And another player that you have to figure out how to get locked in long-term if you want to keep him around. Because I think they got him on a one-year deal at just over $2 million, like maybe $2.6 million right now to keep AVG you know, in the aqua and orange this season. So it's these are good problems to have. They're certainly problems, but I guess we don't have to worry about that until this season's over. Yeah, so Van Ginkle's career high in sacks is six. That happened in 2021. And Merrick, you brought up his pass rush grade this year of an 86.2. He was a 70.1 back in 2021. And gentlemen, please don't take this as me hating or anything, but you look at this Dolphins defensive line, the Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealy, you throw in Bradley Chubb, and here I am naming the entire roster. I guess the point I'm trying to get at here is, I know it doesn't simply work this way of just dragging a player and dropping him elsewhere, but do you guys feel that, Andrew Van Ginkle's making the most of his situations or he's someone that the offense actually has to like uh, pull itself to and someone they need to be aware of because I'm starting to think it's more of he's taking advantage of these great opportunities he's had because I mean I I don't want to just pump Bradley Chubb to the side I think his power and strength I think uh, offenses gravitate towards that and are focused on that opening up opportunities for for Van Ginkle there's nothing wrong with that and, and I think he's been awesome he's taking advantage and he deserves to get paid Nicely, I'm just curious your thoughts on when you have the stacked defense where he really fits in on that totem pole. That could be that could be part of it, Jake. You know, Bradley Chubb, he's got the big name, he's got the big contract, doesn't have the big numbers right now, although he is getting to the quarterback a fair amount. And he, he is affecting plays, they're just not turning into sacks. Um, uh, ABG could be the beneficiary of that. You know, he might be getting more you know, one-on-one reps against these offensive tackles. But I mean, I go back to that play last week against the Giants where he, you know, injured Daniel Jones and not to celebrate an injury, but like his waistband on that pass rush to get around that left tackle and just to completely crush Daniel Jones from behind. That was a blindside hit. 
you know, and you saw it coming. It, for about two seconds, you knew Jones was about to get smacked on that one. Um, and I, I believe that that play was flagged for a uh, holding in the secondary. I think Xavier Howard uh, got a penalty for holding on that. Otherwise, it would have been another sack for Andrew Van Ginkle, and he would have five sacks instead of four, and he'd be bumped up that list instead of 14th in the NFL as far as linebackers are concerned. They still have him you know, graded as a linebacker because even though he's been playing more edge rusher role uh, ever since week one, um, but it, he just looked so good. He looked unstoppable. You know, it was against a backup left tackle and whatnot, but if he can continue uh, to have that type of production for this team, and then you can start getting some of those sacks for Chubb and Jalen Phillips comes back and he starts lighting these, these opposing offenses on fire. Like this could be a unit that right now feels like at times, at least a couple games, uh, this defensive unit has held this team back just a little bit. Chargers wasn't a great game for them. Um, and obviously the Bills game was was a massacre. But if this team can continue to progress, this defense can continue to progress and these these pass rushers can get to the quarterback a little bit more, follow Andrew Van Ginkle's lead, why don't you? Then uh, I think this, this Miami Dolphins team will be better for it. And there's really not much they they can't really get much higher. You know, they're they're top five in all the power rankings right now. So there's only a couple spots you can jump. But uh, you know, that'd be a good thing for us long suffering Dolphins fans if they can reach the top of that mountain and and maybe bring home a Lombardi trophy for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I kind of think I'm with you, Jake. You might be taking advantage of some of those situations. You guys both mentioned Bradley Chubb and how, you know, a lot of the stuff he does, a lot of us get down on him for it because it doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but he absolutely has made everyone on that defensive line better, get better matchups and things like that. So um, I think, you know, if he continues to play this way, we might start seeing, you know, offenses, game plan, maybe, you know, add some extra blocking over on that side where AVG is, but um I think it might be a little bit too early for that, but it's just crazy because who do you match up with? You know, Jalen Phillips is going to eventually be out there. Bradley Chubb, you got Javon Holland coming down from the box. You're eventually going to have X and um, Jalen Ramsey on the outside. I mean, there's so many pieces on this defense that you got to account for that. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle is probably going to get a lot of those one-on-one matchups. And um, he just, dude, he, I, he's just a guy that you're, you're never going to doubt or think that, you know, can't do it because he's proven time and time again, you know, he just busts his ass, does the work. And he's a gritty player that we all love. So I don't know how they're going to keep him around. I don't know where they're going to find a role for him. You know, maybe even slide Jerome Baker out and let him play a little linebacker, right? I mean, I keep hearing Vic Fangio talking about how uh, he wants to see more out of Jerome Baker. So I don't know what they'll do here. But that's why Vic Fangio is getting paid all that money. Um, but so glad that um, we're seeing him play some good football here with the Miami Dolphins because it would have sucked so bad to see him yeah. having success up there in New England. That would have been – and we would have Chase Winovich. <laughs> Did you hear Van Ginkle made one of bitch cut his hair? They, he actually like stopped him in the locker room and said, bro, I'm the guy. That's a joke, right? That's a oh, it's a thousand percent a joke. Oh. That'd, that'd be awesome. And again, I'm not trying to hate here. I, I'm just trying to, you know, go back to the idea of what would his Madden grade be. And I think the best part about Andrew Van Ginkle is he does everything in his power to make defensive coordinators know you cannot take me off the field. Merrick mentioned on how many tackles he has. He's missed just two tackles on the season. We've talked about how good he is in coverage. This is someone that it's Vic Fangio's job if he's making the millions of millions he's making. Just get him on the field. It doesn't have to be what his strength is. He's proven that he is not a liability on the field, and that's why you bring in someone like Van Ginkle, and that's why he instantly becomes a fan favorite. I don't want to put you guys on the spot too much here. Have anyone you're disappointed in as we're wrapping up here? Anyone really is to stick out right away? Jason Sanders, disappointed. <laughs> he, he hasn't done much. He's only kicking extra points because we're scoring touchdowns, man. 
We're learning. Uh, We're learning. If you're going to be disappointed in someone in that special teams unit, I think Jake Bailey, you know, limited opportunities, but I think his punts have been kind of crappy. A little, little shank of against the Giants, I think it was. Gross. Yeah, he's not getting a lot of practice, at least not on game day. So uh, maybe he needs to be spending a little more time on the field after actual practice during the week is over because, uh, yeah, the, some of those punts have looked pretty pretty poor. Josh, the wheels are turning. Can you think of anyone? Yeah, no, I was trying. Really? I was trying real hard to think of someone. I mean, can I just piggyback on my Jerome Baker statement? I don't have any of his stats in front of Jerome me. Jerome Baker, like little Jalen Waddle. You know, not 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 really his fault. You know, the ball's going elsewhere. He's still getting open, and and he had a a decent game last week, despite you know a couple interceptions when he was targeted. And I think he'll pick it up as the season rolls along. But I think he's not having quite the year that we thought. Jalen Waddle was going to have and that's not to say he won't because I do think it'll turn around but uh, maybe so far through five games Jalen Waddle is you know on the lower side of the the top players on this team we're yet to talk about them and that's the Carolina Panthers they arrive at Hard Rock Stadium this weekend with their 0-6 record Merrick can I get some of your uh, was was that a spoiler alert there Oh, and six. Oh Oh, yeah maybe maybe I'm already already my mind is already putting that five into a six it's very possible yeah, so I'm pretty sure my kids were surprised that there was a team called the Carolina Panthers. I, I'm pretty sure they had they had no idea that that, that was a, a team. You know, us being in the Midwest, they're so far away, and they're pretty irrelevant right now. They don't have very many good players. Bryce Young has looked like, uh, you know, not the best rookie quarterback on the field this season, despite being drafted number one overall. And uh, I just... I don't see this game being much of a problem for the Miami Dolphins and neither do my children. So they gave me the standard. They're going to win by a lot answer. So last time they did that, uh, the Dolphins beat the Broncos 70 to 20. So I think we, we might be closer to that this week. This might be one of those weeks where the the starting offense gets to rest for most of the fourth quarter. So I'm going to predict uh, a pretty significant win here. I think, I think they're going to hold the Panthers to two field goals, six points total. I think the Dolphins are going to put up a, a 40 burger on the Panthers. So I'm, I'm predicting 40 to six. How's that? Now it, you got to keep in mind here. The only reason the giants scored two of their three field goals last week, two of their three field goals and a touchdown had nothing to do with the defense. So it was two of playing YOLO ball to a playing YOLO ball, Jake Bailey kicking it like it was a soccer ball. So I, I like the idea here, but keep in mind, there's some other variables. Tua might get bored and try to give, I don't know, Robert Hunt a touchdown pass or something and throw another Chase Claypool seat. breakout performance. <laughs> it's so weird that we get to talk about the Dolphins. Like, so I, I do not have it. It's fun. It's a blast. But I am so horrified talking about the Dolphins as a four and one juggernaut team. I, let me just put that out there. Did you guys see the video of practice, Claypool's first practice with the team, where he's standing next, next to Wes Welker and it looks like, almost like a Bigfoot video. Like he's that large compared to Wes Welker and Wes Welker, not, you know, a a large man himself, but Chase Claypool, six foot four, 238 pounds, just towering over him, looking like, you know, a Greek God. Uh, That got me a little juiced up. I I think the Dolphins could use his skill set in a variety of ways, maybe an end zone type player. You're looking, you know, everyone said, and it, you know, you saw glimpses of it at the beginning of the year that Eric Ezukama was going to be that Debo Samuel role for, for the Miami Dolphins. 
hell, that's going to be Chase Claypool now. You know, it might not happen for a few weeks, but I'm looking at Chase Claypool in that Debo Samuel type role with that frame. And and if you remember his rookie season in Pittsburgh, he took a lot of end arounds and, and jet sweeps and things like that, uh, you know, for the Steelers that year. So it's in his wheels, wheelhouse. It's in his skill set. I'd be interested to see if Mike McDaniel wants to tap into that a little bit here. He's that big slot we were talking about a couple pods ago, right? I mean, um, it's just I, I know Jake, you were talking about how exciting it is to be able to talk about this Dolphins team compared to you know some of these other teams that we covered, you know, back in the day, back in the Cover Thirty Two day. Those Dolphins teams were so bad, but um, it's just such a breath of fresh air what the Dolphins are doing. And to back to Claypool, I mean, dude, he looks like if you would have stacked Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle on top of each other, and you know, <laughs> and put them in the trench coat, and you just hold them together with maple syrup, and you got Chase Claypool. Yeah, They're sneaking just, into the R-rated movie. It's like that dude from BoJack, uh, Mr. Man or whatever he is. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, but uh, back to Claypool, I mean, if he can just show that he wants to be here, you know, work hard and grind, I mean, the talent's there. So um, we'll see how that turns out. But I like your idea, Merrick, using him in the, the Debo uh, Mapletron role. You know, and, uh, you know, that now that you bring it up and you mentioned it, Merrick, the idea that the starters might not play all game. I might, I might be willing to shoot my shot at a Chase Claypool anytime touchdown ticket if it, if the price oh, is yeah. right. I, I could see them, you know, if you're up 27 to 6 or, again, no game is, take no take no grading for granted, yada, yada, yada. But if the Dolphins are up 27 to nothing, you don't think Mike White's going to get gonna get Chase Claypool a touchdown? I, I almost think it's like, give it. Yeah, he might. Or Robbie. Robbie Chosen. Yeah, put some money on that. Put some money on Chosen. Put some money on Chris Brooks, maybe finding the end zone here this Obviously week. Obviously, Alec Engold. Throw, throw some on him, too, of course. Yeah, he's he was in a walking boot Monday, yeah. from what they said, and he didn't practice today. So hopefully, Engold can, can play, you know, if he can't. You know, it's the Panthers, so we'll figure it out. But maybe Chris Brooks gets in there a little bit at fullback. We see a little fullback sneak on a fourth and goal situation, and we finally convert one of those. Running on short yardage, yardage please. Can we do that? Can we run on short yardage? Is that allowed? You might as well give it a shot, right? I'll just say, why would we do that when we can just throw the ball? Just 60 yards downfield. That's how Claypool scores in his touchdown. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. If you are just finding the show, you can actually also find us on YouTube. We are at the 560 WQAM YouTube channel. You can find so many cut-ups, so many clips at Houts on Twitter. You can find Josh on YouTube at Take It to the Houts, at MBrave13, Metal 94 Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. It's one of my favorite days of the week. Maybe not a weekend day, but we're getting pretty close there. That is all we have for another episode of another Dolphins podcast. We'll talk to you next time. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up, baby. Fins up. Fins up. <laughs>